Care Bears share this amazing deal from the Lions of Liberty and the North Spokane Hemp Company, www.northspokanecbd.com. Guys, through the end of the month, you can get 25% off all of your CBD products. Now, for me, I sleep like shit. I talk about it on the show all the time. I toss and turn literally all night, every hour. I toss and turn if I'm not taking CBD. I am currently out of it. Last night, I slept like dump cakes. I need more. Fortunately, I could go to NorthSpokaneCBD.com, put in Lions, I get 25% off my order. Also, if my dogs need it, if their joints hurt, if I want to bake it into flowers, if I need a tincture, whatever you need, they got it. Whatever you need, they got it. There you go. Give me $100. That's your new uh, catchphrase. NorthSpokaneCBD.com. Use that code Lions, 25% off. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. All right, welcome to Electric Liberty Land, libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor with me. Yes, Rico. Rico has a shock face on. Rico's got a new haircut going tonight. It's uh, sort of uh, a Lego man wave. I don't even know. It's What would you call your haircut, Rico? Uh, I'd just like to say that I promised you 15 minutes and all your banter about the hair uh, is going into your 15 minutes. So I think you overestimate how interesting your points are. And this is probably the most you have to offer. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'll be out in 15 minutes like a Costanza. I'll leave you on a good note. I think that's very presumptive that you're going to leave us on a good note. I think that's probably I'll leave you on any note. Thing. All right. So anyway, we're here. Me, Rico, who you just heard, uh, the, the dickhole of this threesome, and John Odermatt, who, of course, is joining us from Pittsburgh, Roots for a Team. This is a sports-centric episode, which is I, uh, we decided to assemble the Degenerate Gamblers crew, which is our pride-only show where we talk about sports and gambling and also the insane stories from our youth and also current uh, living lifestyle. So, Odie, you're in Pittsburgh. Would you be happy or sad if the Flyers blew a two-goal lead with four minutes left in the playoffs to go to overtime? And I'm currently doing this podcast unable to watch overtime because of my dedication to the foolish idiots who listen to this show. So, would you happy or sad? The whole situation uh, makes me happy. You not being able to watch it, Flyers blowing the lead. The only thing that would make it better is if they go to like four overtimes and you get to watch the end and you get to watch them lose. That would be the best. You know what? That I give you. I vote that for be, that too. That would be pretty good. That would be pretty good. Um, what I foresee happening is them losing the second this podcast ends and I miss it, but they have a lot of chances. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's get into the show. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, everybody. Can I point one thing out real quick? You are definitely wearing the same shirt as yesterday. Well, that's because it's a shirt that says, I'm all that and dim sum. And when you have a shirt this great, you got to recycle it. And also, I have air conditioning now. So I can wear wear a shirt two days in a row because I'm not sweating my ass off through the shirt. No need to change your underwear, shower. You have air conditioning. Actually, I did not shower today. I worked out at the beach with a friend of ours. Then I swam in the beautiful ocean. 
And that was my shower for the day. I'm like Kramer on Seinfeld. Smell like the beach. And also, I left my I left my fucking glass of whiskey in the other room, so I just have to swig from a straight bottle of Bullet Rye or Old Smoky Moonshine, apple pie flavored. Odie, what are you drinking? And Rico, go get a beer. You're here for 15 minutes. You could drink a beer in that time. Yeah, go. Yeah. Get- I'm drinking as they uh, as they say in Mexico, Modelo. I don't know if they pronounce it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they should. If you were, oh, should I stream live to the Pride or no? What do we decide on that? Whatever you want to do. I, I don't care. I well, mean, we this might. This is the passion. This is the passion we, we, that you we see, might guys. As well, our- we might as well. We're getting a bunch <laughs> of new, uh, new Pride people coming in. They want to see this Dave Smith, uh, Andy Craig debate. So let's give them, give them a little live stream. Why not? All right, we'll do it. We'll do it. But you can hear the passion in John's voice there as we discussed <laughs> the streaming live. You know, eh, I don't know. It's like it's like tossing the monkeys a banana. Eh, toss the monkeys a banana. Yeah, sure. You know, the monkeys right, got to well. eat. Yeah, exactly. Oh, good. So I tried to share it uh, to the Facebook from Zoom, and it gave me a 404 file not found. So that's always a good sign. Good stuff. Well, might not be well, sharing. Facebook, Facebook <laughs> has clearly deleted our Facebook page. Too many... Too many uh, ill-advised posts from all of you people. I'll try it one more time. But in the meantime, yes, welcome to Lions of Liberty and Electric Liberty Land. This will be an LALDL. Rico is pretending he's going to jump off early. I think he'll get sucked in. Yeah, I can't go live. It will not let me. Um, Okay. I think he'll get sucked into it and not be able to resist. See, he's already in his drinking and podcasting basement. This is a good sign, everybody. Keep your fingers crossed. Say your Rico prayers on your Rico, um, what do they call the Oh, rosary, rosary beads, right? We have those in the Lions of Liberty store, lionsofliberty.store. You can buy Rico's own blessed rosary beads where you can pray to, uh, to Rico. Rico, what are you drinking? Oh, your microphone's not on. Excellent. You're muted. So, Rico, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Molson out of hopes that the Flyers are somehow playing either the uh, Montreal Canadiens or the Toronto Maple Leafs who play at the Molson Center in the playoffs. Well, we beat that- the Canadians, and they are playing in Toronto. But my uh, brother-in-law, who is from Long Island, Johnny from Long Island, who is a super liberal, roots for the Islanders. So really, double loss for me if uh, he's texting me. He just texted me two messages, which means either the Flyers won or lost. I'm going to guess they lost because... Two messages. I wouldn't have texted you. Oh, right good news, guys. He says, gay call for my homo team. That bodes well for the Flyers. <laughs> Super liberal with the uh, the uh, smears. Or yeah, the, you know what? It's all it's politically uncorrect words. It's a do as I say, not do as I do. All right, so I guess are we, we talking about Kenny and Armando first, or are we talking about Below Deck first? This is not Below Deck, but you guys can listen to Below Deck with the three of us, a hilarious show, which, by the way, has doubled in its audience the past week, just an FYI. <laughs> two to one, or yep. one to two. We now have we two now, listeners. We now have my grandmother, and I believe, John, is your grandmother alive? Nope. No, mine's not either. I was lying. It's like Democratic <laughs> voters. <laughs> not really listening to the count so we're talking about sports here, and the reason we want to have the Generic Gamblers crew assembled is because we had an unprecedented moment in sports. 
And this stems from the Jacob Blake shooting, which some people are calling it a killing or a murder. To set the he didn't the die. Background. Well, he did die, but the thing oh, is, he did. Was, no, 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 he didn't die. Shooting, okay, sorry. Well, I was like, that's that's new information to me. Breaking news. <laughs> cue, cue the Sean Hannity breaking news music. My bad. I actually read something that said killing, and I was like, that's not right. No, he's got, uh, apparently he may never walk again, but he was shot several times. So I talked to this last week, and basically to couch this, so the story as it's coming out now is that Jacob Blake was wanted for domestic violence, and I think maybe more than one domestic violence in this history. So they're trying to find this guy. <coughs> they, they finally find him. They try to take him down. I guess he got, gets up. They tase him twice per the cops. Now, again, you can't necessarily believe everything that's coming out from the cops, as we've seen with Breonna Taylor and many other instances. But tase him twice. But we see video of him pushing through the cops, fighting through them with their guns drawn, as they're telling him to stop, gets in his car and reaches down. Mm-hmm. The cops. I think you're already mistelling the story. Well, you, well, you tell it, because this is what the latest I've read. So when you say they finally found him, they finally found him because someone called 911, and I believe it was his ex-girlfriend, after he broke into her house and sexually assaulted her while Allegedly. she was sleeping. Allegedly. Oh, I, oh, God. I didn't even hear I did that not, part. I yeah. did not hear that part either. Then oh. she allegedly chased him. She, like, came to – I believe she has a restraining order against him. Like he uh, knocked her out? Oh. No, she was sleeping. And he broke it. They don't live together. Uh, they're not together. Um, mm-hmm. And he sexually assaulted her, allegedly. And she mm-hmm. woke up, realized, and from what I read, she said it wasn't the first time it had happened. Oh, God. And then she or someone else called 911 on him, and they, they came to arrest him. Okay. See, so I if that's act, if that, well, maybe I'm mistelling the story, but no, that's no, what I, it, uh, per the New York Post, that was there. I, no, I believe that because what I I knew there were previous domestic assault cases in the past against him or, or, or charges against him. I just am going by the. I didn't hear all of that. That's that's news to me. And you know, I mean, to to harken a little bit to George George Floyd. George Floyd, what happened to him? Definitely inexcusable, as we would all agree. But you know, you could you look at the background. He's being put up there as a saint-like figure now, right? And he definitively is not a great guy. But something horrible happened to him. Jacob mm-hmm. Blake, you could argue, does not deserve any sort of adoration. If this is true, like again, domestic violence, apparently sexual assault, which I had not heard about. They find him, and I said, I said, find him because I'm seeing the video of him. It looked to me like they pulled him over because he's trying to get in his car. But I guess he was at the apartment. The guys trying to fight through the cops, called on legitimate, like, you've been here before, your ex-girlfriend's calling you, she's saying you sexually assaulted her, she's saying you, you know, you're a, a violent man, fights through the cops with their guns drawn, reaches in the car, and they shoot him after tasing him twice. Now, I still think you might not have had to shoot him. There seems to be two guys there, get him in a chokehold, something. But at the same time, if you're a cop, there's a certain point where you have to feel like, what is my option here? This guy's a violent guy with the record going after me, pushing through, not listening to anything. And, it, and maybe has freak strength. Like we were talking about this on the uh, Mufasa call for our $25 members. 
if this guy's that strong, what else are you supposed to do? And yet we see instantaneous response to this, which is riots and protests and the NBA players before anything happens, refusing to play. So I miss... Okay. I was going to say that the interesting thing to me that I, want to, that I want to get in there before we get too deep into it is, you know, th- there's been players in the NBA, NFL, who've got in a lot of trouble recently, the past two or three years, suspended criminal charges pressed against them for domestic disputes, shoving women, um, you know, with video evidence yeah. of it. Ray, uh, and, what's his face? Ray, the, the Ray, Rice. Ray, 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 Ray Rice. Rice. Yeah, um, punches his girlfriend in the face in an elevator. Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so you have the basis of this being a domestic dispute, allegedly, um, at, at the center of it. Um, you also have with this whole thing going on around it, this call to defund the police. And you know, I can get on board with defunding the police for a lot of things they shouldn't be showing up for. I mean, all the yeah, drug law stuff. And, yeah. Someone, yeah, we'll suicide. Talk, someone we'll talk about the suicide thing later, by the way. The guy that suicided himself. Yeah, but uh, for a domestic dispute, you know, there's got to be some sort of mechanism where you can call and get help, especially if for if you're a woman and you got you know a man who's bigger than there, who's bigger than you, and can pretty much do whatever he wants. So, to, I mean, to just immediately jump on a side. And without knowing the, the full uh, impact, the full information story that Rico just told that allegedly occurred, uh, it's so irresponsible to do that. And to the extreme, I mean, the extreme amount that they did it, um, just not playing games and making this huge deal out of it, it's just absurd. It's, it's insanity. Yeah. So the, the story that I gave, I think, is a little bit... He made it up. Rico's admitting no, how he made not, up the it's story. So, it's Rico's fan fiction. It's a little, I don't know what the right, right word is. It's kind of like bifurcated. It's That's probably the wrong word too. I just <laughs> thought that word just popped to my mind and I don't believe it's the right use at all. But anyways. How do you say automatopoeia? So the alleged sexual assault occurred on May 3rd. Um, I don't know how graphic you want me to get into it, but it's in a New York Post uh, article. And it's said he broke into her house, then used his finger to sexually assault her, sniffed it, and said, smells like you've been with other men. The Uh. criminal complaint alleges. So um, she said the uh, alleged victim said this happens about twice a year when he's drinking heavily. He he breaks in her house and does this. So there was an arrest warrant out for him. And then... I believe it may have happened again, not the sexual assault, but he broke into the house again and she found her keys and uh, car was missing. And then she called 911. So I believe that's the context of this confrontation with the police. And presumably you would think the police know that he's, he has an outstanding warrant right. for violating. A, and I'm sure once she filed a complaint against him, there's a no contact order. So, Right. So we've got now people out protesting, rioting, looting. We have major politicians taking stands. We have uh, people calling on Trump to meet with his parents. His dad seems like he's completely out of his mind. He did one interview where he was talking about, like, I don't know, picking up acorns and shit. And you've got major athletes boycotting games and and walking out because of this man who was an alleged rapist uh, who has an arrest warrant out for for his arrest. 
who's got a domestic violence and assault charges on him. If you are on the left, aren't you supposed to be standing up for women's rights? Aren't you supposed to be standing against everything that this guy has done? And yet they go out, they walk away. And I want to talk about the implications of them walking out on sports and how that does. It's the worst possible look for them. And I'll couch that. Well, let me, let me, I'll get to that in a second. So all this happens, they walk out. Have we gone past the point? I mean, this is insanity. Nobody gives a shit about history, but it's like Rand Paul getting attacked by a mob yelling, say her name, Breonna Taylor, when he literally introduced the Breonna Taylor act to stop the exact thing that killed Breonna Taylor. How do we do? What do we do here? What do you do? What's to be done? Yeah, they're, they're the left has become, I don't know the right word for it. They've lost touch with any sort of coherent messaging. They're, they're all over the place. And it's because the only thing they have to go back to is Trump's bad. Trump's bad. It's all his fault. Well, Trump's bad and racism, right? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. That but seems to be the new now, but it's, it's actions. It, it, literally, mm-hmm. without any sort of introduction into the basics of a case, a guy, people see on Twitter, a guy gets a black guy shot and they march out into the streets, protest riot, whatever, set shit on fire, Antifa are, uh, are burning down Seattle again. And again, so these athletes... My, my question is that when I read this, and, and I think you can kind of separate out what Jacob Blake allegedly did with maybe the response of the police in some sense, but when you look at all, all the facts and scenarios or uh, circumstances surrounding the arrest, if he's already resisting arrest, he's being tased he doesn't go down and then he's walking towards a car now why would a person after they've been tased continue to walk towards a car if they weren't likely to get some kind of weapon i mean that's not a rational act so he's inebriated he's going to get in the car and then drive off at high speed to escape the cops which is also highly dangerous so the cops have to respond to that like people reacting as those these cops went out and and also i want to couch this too and like we've had protests and riots for months for months we've had defund the movement having gone for months black lives matter is everywhere every fucking brand has adopted it do you not think these cops in kenosha have heard about it you don't think they're just like yeah you know what let's go and shoot a black guy tonight like oh do do they live in a fucking cave are they sequestered like a jury no they know yeah. what's going on. You don't think that they're like, I did everything and their possible power to not shoot this fucking guy right now at this moment in history. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I have no idea if the cops did everything right. I mean, just looking at the video. I don't know either. The, 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 yeah. The, the part of the video that, that I've seen, I mean, the guy looks, the guy who shot, only the one cop shot, right? They didn't both I shoot. Think I think just the one on the, that tried to grab him from yeah. going in the car shot him. I mean, he looked like he was about to shit his pants. He was so scared. But he yeah. tried to tase the guy twice, and he's going into his car, going. I mean, the people are pushing back, saying, "Well, there wasn't a knife found." I've heard that he. he I've heard he was carrying a knife. I've heard there was a knife found. I don't, I don't know what's true. Regardless, knife or no knife, he's reaching into his car. He easily could be reaching for a gun. So it doesn't even matter if you find a knife or a gun, because the potential of him yanking it out, a guy who is, you know inebriated and has these violent acts on his record. Yeah. It's you got to defend yourself and the shooting seven times, you know, Joe Biden says we're going to teach our cops to shoot people in the leg. Um, good luck with that. How are you going to get his leg? But the only thing you can see is his back and he's moving away from you. 
I mean, well, it's like th- there's no, you know, we've got out of, I've got out of my way. Odie, you've gone out of your way to call out what we've seen as wrongs uh, committed by the police over militarization. You know, I've linked uh, training to it. I've linked the, the military to police pipeline, whether that is fair or not. But at some point you have to go, okay, look, these guys are out there. Whatever we think of them, it's still a, it is a difficult job. And at some point you have to at least try to be somewhat fucking fair about shit and be like, if you're in that moment, everything that's happened right now, and again, to Rico's point, all the, everything you know about this guy, rapist, assaulting people, inebriated, only comes over to assault her when he's fucking hammered out of his mind. You know all these things. What would you do in that situation? Are cops supposed to get stabbed in the neck? I mean, they also have families. They also have fucking lives. No matter what you think about it, they're still be- like human beings. How would you react? Like, it's insane to expect them to be absolutely perfect robot beings when you've got all these factors playing into it. And it just seems to me that this is one circumstance where it seems unfair what has the way these cap- cops have been cast. You know, Kamala yeah. Harris is already talking about, oh, he should be indicted for murder. It's like, really? Ross Albrecht is serving two consecutive life sentences plus 40 years for creating a means for individuals to anonymously make online exchanges using Bitcoin. His actions did not create victims. For nothing more than creating a marketplace, the government locked him up and threw away the keys. Let's get Ross pardoned and get victimless crimes off of the books. Hashtag free Ross. Free Ross. Free Ross. Hashtag free Ross is the name of the song. I'm hammered, guys. I was drinking during the Flyers game. You heard me talk about this earlier in the episode. I got more drunk talking to my buddies and uh, and doing an LAL deal with you guys. But some of the best times of my life I've spent with the man who wrote this song, Tyler Colford, a.k.a. Crypto Man. This song is important. It's promoting the concept of you should not be put away for a victimless crime. Ross Ulbricht provided a platform for people to interchange freely. He was put in jail for two life sentences plus 40 years. This song and every profit from it is going to free Ross literally to his foundation, to his legal fees. Support it. I support it. Cato supports it. Whether or not you like Cato. Reason supports it. Get behind it, listen to it, love it, and follow Crypto Man, our boy. He's amazing. We spent fifty thousand year for each in the clink. I said, "Land of the free, escape goats and sheep." We spent. So I think this is really swaying the wrong way on Democrats, and and it's unexpected because people are seeing. Well, this is what happens when there's not police. When police yeah. just say, "You don't like us, we're not dealing with this bullshit." This is Portland. It's Seattle. Kenosha and people do not like that at all and they're like and now Democrats are saying oh you know we don't uh, condone violence it's like well you have for three three months months. yeah you know I don't think anyone is buying that you cannot have it both ways at this point Um, but I think it's too little too late my question with the whole tie to the uh, the NBA thing is like how much responsibility do you put on Black Lives Matter for the the violence in these areas you know because mm-hmm. it's getting harder and harder to separate it you know and, and it's it's hard it's not 
to say that, you know, everyone who supports Black Lives Matter is a violent protester. That's no, not course. the case. But at some point in time, you're like, this is you have leaders of, of the movements in these places. They're not condemning these acts. I mean, a person was just fucking executed in Portland for being a Trump supporter. He was yep. executed. And there's nothing. You, you got people cheering and you're like, wait a minute. I see these signs in people's yards. I don't know if you guys see them. Oh yeah. It's they're like all over Black lives matter. Love is love and all this mm-hmm. bullshit. It's like, so you only uh, support, you only love someone if they support what you think. That's, that's not tolerance at all. That's oh. just as much prejudice or bigotry or whatever is that you're condemning. You're, it's the most hypocritical thing. And that's what originally turned me off to the NBA like four years ago. I haven't watched a whole game in four years. Yeah. And, and you want to you support Black Lives Matter and protest uh, racial injustice, that's fine. Um, but you've gone so far and you don't acknowledge the own gaping holes in your logic, Yeah. then, you know, you, you've lost me. So, you know, do as you will, NBA, you have at it, but you know, yeah, I I see the hypocrisy with what they're doing and I I don't tolerate it anymore. And I think most people do see that, which is why you've seen the support for black lives matter, drop and drop and drop. And it's only things you like, okay, you have Black Lives Matter out there, definitely has a militant side to it, definitely has a, it's all Marxist when you read their, what they're actually asking for. And they're now allied closely with Antifa. So it's the same Antifa assholes causing all this shit. And most of the time when you see these Black Lives Matter protests under quote unquote Black Lives Matter, it's all white people. Yeah. So it's Antifa, mm-hmm. again, under a different banner. But for, to address the NBA, it's such, I, all I could think when I saw this, I was like, number one, this is fucking stupid because of what I said earlier about that. You don't know the circumstances about Jacob Blake. Number one, number two, people look to sports and always have as a refuge. We don't want politics in sports. We want this. It's like, how many escapes do we have in life right now? You know, the entertainment side you know, is controlled by the left. You're still getting preached at. You're getting woke shit shoved down your fucking throat nonstop. Sports was the one thing. Athletics, competition, Whoever's best wins. Now, especially with the NBA, with the Black Lives Matter on the, on the jerseys, with the protests, with the kneeling, they're putting it front and center. Now, whether it's fair or not to say, their ratings are down. That might be COVID-related. But regardless, I now, I, try, I was going to watch one game, and honestly, the Black Lives Matter shit in the jerseys pissed me off. Because I, I want my sports to not have politics in it. Pissed me off. So I, I was like, yep, I'm over it. And I, I'm not a big NBA fan anyway. But... The whole we're not going to play thing, you've got people looking forward to this game that have nothing else. They're fucking home. They're not goddamn working. They just want to watch some fucking basketball and get excited about something and not have to worry about politics. And these people walk off the court in the middle of this bullshit. Now, as from a messaging standpoint, how is this going to help your cause? It's just like with the riots. All it's going to do is piss off anybody that's not already an ardent Black Lives Matter supporter and an ardent leftist. They're going to watch this and say, you know what? Fuck these guys. Fuck these guys. All, you know, bringing this shit, postponing games, these millionaires who are so far above the everyday uh, plate of the, uh, the person on the street. Fuck them for walking off and making a big deal about this. And also, like I said earlier, the Kenosha cops, they heard about it. Everybody knows. What are you accomplishing with this? Everybody already knows the fucking problem. All you're mm-hmm. doing is grandstanding for no fucking reason now except pissing people off. 
Yeah, so, so they think, uh, I guess the narrative that, that they would say is these cops are so racist, they just don't give a shit. They don't care. They just don't, they're so racist. That has to be what they're thinking. Well, I, but I, the stats don't back it up. And there's, I mean, I was trying, actually, let me find this guy's name. A Harvard professor who, of course, has gotten tons of shit for it. A black Harvard professor. Uh, I can't believe a, I'm defending cops here. I'm not really even defending cops. This is just I, re- reality of the situation. Yeah. Look, guys, we have been put in a situation now where we, I have had to defend Trump, who I don't, I don't necessarily like. I've had to defend cops. I've had to defend uh, state-sponsored uh, troops coming in, in a way, because if Portland's not going to put anything down and you live in Portland, don't you want somebody to put this down so you can live your life? Like, businesses are fleeing Portland. We're being forced to defend uh-huh. these things that we're not even for because we are for personal rights. And that's the thing. If you're for personal ah, you're coming rights, around in my way of thinking, Brian. Individual rights above all, even above states' rights. Well, you're coming that's what I'm around, saying, man. But but at some point, I mean, you if that's the force that's going to help you, if you don't have arms for yourself, if you don't have a militia, if you don't have a way of taking that power back and defending yourself, which a lot of these lefty cities don't, what are you going to do? So anyway, this guy Roland G. Fryer Jr. He is a professor of economics at Harvard University. He did a study, and he said it was the most shocking study of his life looking into cop shootings and whether or not there was a disproportionate amount of, of black people shot versus white people. And he said the most shocking result of his, of his career, nope, could find absolutely zero evidence for it. This is a black professor at Harvard because statistically there's not. When you account for higher crime levels, if anything, it says that black people are actually shot at a lower rate compared to the crime rate. So there's that to remember. But at the same time, like you're saying, these cops. See, that's are so that's racist. a tiny that's a tiny bit misleading, in that compared to the crime rate, when I mean a lot of you know a lot of these arrests. Um, oh, viol- with, I'm talking with, violent, with, violent crime, violent crime. Oh, violent crime. Okay. Yeah. No. No. I, 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 if, talking, if it was lumping in like drug, you know, drug. No. Crime, no. no. Then, okay. I'm not talking about over policing, but at the same time, and I and I talked to this when JB was on uh, and a little bit before. It, at the same time. Violent crime is also, look, we can all trace this back to the state, the welfare system, over-policing, felon records, breaking up families, where you're going to turn to violence and crime if you have no other option. So in truth, it is, it, it's very related because the black community has been fucked over pretty bad by the state. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is definitely related. But I'm just talking, as far as the number of shooting deaths, I think it's something like 15 black people are shot a year by cops and... 17 white people. I mean, and, which honestly on their own are so statistically tiny or that are killed, not shot. Those are really tiny numbers. Like more people die higher than that. Uh, this sounds very <laughs> no, it's low. Not. It's really not that are shot and killed is not that high. It's really not that high. So you want me to interrupt with some breaking news? <sighs> it's going to make me angry. Scott Lawton. Game winner. Yeah! All right. It's going to be a great show now, guys. I have new energy in my... Oh, good. And my... I didn't want to check my text messages. My my brother-in-law said, fuck you. So it's all good. It's all good. (laughs) Excellent. Odie, drink your beer. Finish your beer, you Pittsburgh. Just switch to a truly. So I'm not going to chug this. Like a true Pittsburgh. Thank you, Rico. You made my night. Okay. So getting back to the NBA and these Kenosha Cups. But yeah, to your point they believe that they're so brainwashed racist. I mean, it's impossible. So at this point, you're literally grandstanding for nothing. There's no goal in mind here other than 
virtue signaling bullshit that is going to piss people off. And just like people are going to Trump because of the riots and the handling, if you are watching the NBA or general sports and you want to watch hockey, most hockey fans are white. They just are. And they're watching hockey. Like I was Except for JB. JB is the only black hockey fan. Yeah, he is. He's a, what is he, Canucks fan? Hey, he's a Devils fan. Oh, you're, oh, that piece of shit. You're right. I remember that story you told of watching the Canucks fans riot. Fuck the Devils. So anyway, JB, uh, yes, is the one, the, the one black hockey fan, I guess. But my point is, you got these people watching it, right? And they get their fucking hockey, which in what world really are hockey and Black Lives Matter and, and cop shootings interacting? Anyway, sports in general. You could argue the NBA maybe, but by marching off, by not playing... All you're doing is convincing people that are on the bubble or didn't give a shit to get fucking pissed off about this and take the other tack. And now they're going to be driven more towards Trump, more towards fuck this shit, fuck this messaging. It is such a bad idea. And they don't seem to realize the more they push and push and push and push and push, they're going to get the biggest rebound. I mean, it's going to be crazy. So one of my things with the NBA is I don't give them – very much credit at all because everything they're doing is not what I would consider to be brave. They are taking political stands that they know they'll be patted on the back for. They're not actually risking anything. The Milwaukee Bucks didn't risk losing a playoff game because they took a stand. The NBA wasn't going to say, okay, you're forfeiting. So you lose the game against the match. The NBA is not going to do that. The media is going to 90% cheer and applaud how brave they are. You know, Twitter will 90% cheer and applaud how brave they are. If you don't think it's brave, you just keep your mouth shut. Because you, But when it does come down to something controversial, they will not take a stand. Who will take a stand? Who in oh. the NBA has come out and said, you know what, no more violence. This is or, wrong. Who or, in the NBA... Yeah, we'll How say about China. How about China yeah. with the Uggers, Uggers? LeBron, LeBron, LeBron James, James backed back China. That was the most <laughs> insane comment when he when he responded to what Daryl Morey said and, and said, "Well, I think he's uh, miseducated." And I, <laughs> yeah, Daryl Morey what... is one of the smartest people <laughs> in the NBA, and he's miseducated <laughs> on China. And you, LeBron James, really have your finger on the pulse of the political situation in China. Fuck you. Fuck the $100 million you get from Nike based upon slave labor wages in Thailand or wherever they're making your fucking shoe for pennies on the dollar. You don't give a fuck about those people. You don't give a fuck about the people in China. See, actually, if we want to get an economic debate here, it's actually good for Thailand. It's how economies grow. They need to go through that phase. I agree. But let me just break in real quick with this point of view. But if you're going to be a liberal... Wait, wait, wait. I just thought it was too funny to point out that LeBron was like, you're miseducated, which is exactly what the Chinese tell all the people they put into the concentration camps. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I go guess he's got, the, he's got the Marxist party line down, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, but anyway, go, go ahead, Rico. But, you know, it's just not brave to me. And it's, no. it's not – something brave to me would, would actually be like, you know what, we're going to go on the – we're going to go to the scene of one of these riots and we're going to speak to these people. We're going to organize community meetings and I'm going to personally be there when I'm going to, I'm going to organize meetings between members of the leading members of the black community and the 
govern the local government in LA and police departments in LA. We're going to have community forums where we're exchanging back and forth. And I'm going to yep. be physically there. I'm not just going to write a check for a million dollars when I'm worth a billion dollars. And then, pat myself on the back for my activism from my mansion or my bubble in the NBA. That is, that is leadership. And so let's see someone do that. Yeah. Real leaders build bridges. They don't burn them, which is why like Malcolm Jenkins. He was, I loved him on the Eagles. He's now on the saints again. He was a great community guy. And also he was involved with the movement in the NFL to try to, you know, have some change for racial equality but he did it in a way like he was criticized by some asshole in the Panthers. Uh, but anyway, because Malcolm was trying to take a more logical, measured, like, let's talk. Let's not just fucking yell at people and bullshit and mm-hmm. cause a scene because it doesn't work. It just pisses people off. Like, I don't know why they think that this shit convinces anybody to come to your side. And to your point, if they went to and said, let's have a sit down, let's have a conversation, let's have a meaningful uh plan rather than inciting more riots and be like yeah well, yeah you know go out go out and uh, and kill whatever i mean not that the nba players said that but they're de facto supporting the riots by saying all right people are rioting for jacob blake this uh sexual assaulting man with the worn out well we're not going to play in his name sainthood for jacob blake fucking yeah so, so what's what's their objective they're gonna I mean, they're not going to strike until they end systematic racism because there's no way to measure that. There's no <laughs> right. metric. I would support but, that. I was hoping that was what they would do. But whoever's taking the half-court shot at the game today, if you sink this shot from half-court, you will end systematic racism. And now oh, it rimmed out. <laughs> if, I mean, they could actually make a difference if they picked one thing and said, all right, yeah. you know what? We're not going to play a game until Congress bans no-knock raids and President Trump signs off. No one's playing any sports. Do it. They yeah. could, I mean, they could maybe actually get something accomplished, but they're going to use as pawns by, I don't know who's pulling the strings, who's funding all this to, you know, protest and stoke the flames and uh, help. It's actually, yeah, contributing to these riots in the streets Yeah, and nothing good is coming from it. All it is, is more money is pouring into Black Lives Matters, which is being funneled in, in the Democrat Party. Yeah. yeah. It's well, also let me point this out too. Okay. So now you set the precedent. Uh, if a man, like, I, I can't get over this, this new news that Rico's issues. If a man wanted for essentially sexual assault slash rape, if, you, if he gets killed, sports are canceled. So now, are sports just canceled anytime a black guy gets shot? Does it work for Latinos? Does it work for uh, Asians oh, wow. or white people? It reminds me of like Bull Durham. Remember they, they had the rain delay? They didn't want to play. So they flooded the field with the rain delay. Is this the new rain delay? If a team doesn't want to play, they pay somebody to go out and shoot a black guy and now they don't have to play the next game? Well, I think this is going to spread. I, I don't think it's limited to uh, NBA. And actually, you saw some baseball teams were doing it, but it wasn't yeah, universal across did. baseball. And there were some hockey teams that were doing it. And it wasn't Well, universal. hockey mandated it because the diversity council in hockey, which is like the eight black guys and two Latinos that have uh, played the sport, they said, we want you to go in solidarity again for this fucking guy who was an asshole. We want you to not play. So they were like, fine. And I was very disappointed in that decision because again, I don't think sports should be everything's, everything's PR too though. And they're like, why? why I think it would have been, I think it would have been better PR for the, they already have, we skate for black lives matter on the fucking stadiums. Okay. So they've got that. 
I think they would have made a better statement. And again, their fan base is not a largely black populace. And I think they would have made a better statement, especially to uh, the people, even in the black community, that are just more in tune with like, this is ridiculous. This is, you know, let's have some logic. If they said, we're going to keep playing. This is, you know, a man was killed. We don't know the circumstances. We're not going to wasn't killed. Games. Still alive. Still alive. I'm yeah. sorry. Not yeah, still alive. second time you've killed him in 40 minutes. Give him robot legs so I don't get confused. So this man was shot, and we want to see what's going to happen. We're not going to jump to conclusions. We're not going to postpone games without knowing the circumstances of this. We're not going to. We're not going to bow to the mob. We're not going to bow to uh, just basically social media we're not gonna do it that would have been a more powerful statement that would have gotten them it they might have gotten killed by the leftist media and on twitter but you know what their broader fan base and the broader at large america would have been like good thank you it's just i think sometimes people live in their own bubble not uh pun not intended with the nba but i think they're so (laughs) you know, in their own world, as far as it's just kind of like the rebound effect, they're all bouncing ideas off each other and they have no connection anymore to actual yeah. real society. And and they think this is what they're doing is, is brave is making a difference. And I don't think it is, I guess we'll see. Um, but there, there's just so many other measures that you could take like, you know, the community organizing. I know some of the players have, like, given money and started their own schools. Like, I know LeBron James yeah, actually awesome. given a ton, has given a ton of money to the city of Akron for schools, which is definitely, you know, applaudable. Um, I don't agree with his politics at all, and he seems to become more militant over the last four years, more radical over the last four years. Yeah. It's just it, – it turns me off, um, and, you know. Well, maybe after somebody – so somebody spray painted the N word on his garage yeah, door, which I'm bullshit. sure happened. Yeah. Cause that happens all the time. Yeah. And Brentwood. Yeah. And Bre- exactly. And, and racist KKK central Brentwood. Well, it's like, let's say, I, I mean, I look at these protests and there were protests, you know, back with the Rodney King stuff, which, uh, you know, more, if you're going to take a stand more, more warranted there where I was listening to a story about, I think it was MJ and, uh, I can't remember who else was involved, but they were talking about like, oh, should we play or not? And MJ was like, no, this, let's keep politics out of it. You know, like the players would agree, like the leaders of the league, they're like, people go to, they don't, they don't, whatever we feel, let's keep it out of it. People don't, you know, we could talk on our own, but let's not bring it to the game. And I say that having represented, people probably don't know this, but I represented several times over several years, Elgin Baylor. Now, you know Elgin Baylor is? Rico probably knows. Yeah. I know who he is, yeah. Okay, good. So a lot of people don't because he's, he's uh, a, a lost, you know, kind of like lost in time now. Elgin Baylor was one of the, not like the very first black players, but kind of that second generation, Wilt Chamberlain's time, Bill um, Celtics uh, famous. Oh, Russell. Bill Russell played against those guys. Incredibly talented black man and had so much racism stacked against him at the time. Right, he opted not to play in a All Star game because he went to a hotel, which would not allow him to stay with his fellow players. So he talked to the fellow players. They said, "We're not going to play 
if they if this shit continues because the NBA allowed it. That is worth taking a stand over. That mm-hmm. makes sense. That is fucking real racism. This shit is not. So was I just completely in my own world and like the late 90s, early 2000s, because it didn't seem to me that racism was just pervasive in society. It didn't seem to me that there was whites against blacks and all this, you no, know, riots and everything that you have in 2020. It Have we gone backwards or are we yeah. progressing forward? In my mind, it was just, you know, living in an alternate reality. But you mentioned like Michael Jordan. And it's like, I wonder how many people Michael Jordan made not racist because yeah. people grew up watching Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. loving Michael Jordan, having their favorite athlete, their, their hero be a black man. Mm-hmm. And they just never thought like, Oh, I'm white. I'm better than black. people." How many people d- did he inspire? And they just never thought of, of racism. Me. I mean, I, he was my favorite player. I had my mm-hmm. fucking bulls hat. I lived in outside of Philly. Little fucking douchebag with the Bulls hat on, but yeah, everybody me, was at me that too. Time. Me too. Yeah. I was a huge Bulls fan. I ha- I mean, I really haven't watched the NBA. I haven't watched a full NBA game since Jordan retired. I, I used to watch like every Iverson. Bulls thing. Yeah, since Iverson left, I haven't really gone back. But mostly because the game, I feel, is changing on shittier. But, um, but yeah, to your point, Rico, we've gone backwards. And I used to, I was talking about this like when I grew up. I I was raised. I had black friends. I had white friends. I walked out. We were told colorblind right Ray, i was raised colorblind this you know everything you're we're all the same we're all equal that's the way i grew up you guys probably grew up the same way i didn't really think about color when i interacted with people i think about color so much more now and how i interact with people than i ever have in the past like i've given this example before because you I'm shaved you shaved your head and then as soon as you shaved your head you're like oh well i gotta be a neo-nazi now <laughs> Well, that and I got that, you know, like those old crows from the cartoons that were supposed to be black people tattooed on me. That doesn't go over well. No, <laughs> kidding. Um, but no, walking down the street now, right, 2020, me, a not racist guy, presumably. <laughs> so I'm walking down the street, though. Tell me you don't feel the same way. And probably this is, this is for every different race now. You walk down the street, but except, except, exceptionally, I was drinking during the Flyers game, pardon me. If it's black-white because of the, the tensions. I see a black guy coming. I definitely want him to know that I'm not racist. So now I'm playing this awkward game. You know what you play with? Like if you see somebody you kind of know too, and you're like, when do I wave? I'm going to look down. I'm looking at a bush. I'm going to look at these things so it's not too I don't want to wave from too far away because then there's an awkward long walk, and then what do we do? So you're looking around, around. And the last moment I look up, and I'm like, what up? You know, like a cool white guy would say. This involves far more thought now to signal to this black person that I am not racist. When I used to give it zero thought because I didn't give a shit because I just I didn't worry that they thought I was racist. Now I have to worry that they think I'm racist. And I just saw some some black chick on Twitter posted that I responded to uh, some some Twitter libertarian retweeting her saying these fucking white people that smile at you on the street. So, you know, that they're one of the good whites. And I'm like, yeah, well, if you don't smile and you don't look at them or acknowledge them, 
those same black people that are saying you're one of the good whites if you're trying so hard are going to presume that you are fucking racist. This is a no-win game that's been created not only for us but for every race where now we have to uh, act and think about it all the time where colorblind was the thing. It was fine. It was working. And we've gone fucking well Well, backwards. I think maybe we're overstating it was fine because it certainly wasn't fine and, and, you know, with certain policing measures. I I can understand Mm -hmm. where they were coming from. Uh, when I say they were coming from where well obviously we're not saying it was a goddamn utopia (laughs) but as far as interaction interpersonal interaction and uh I don't know common like presuming the better of not not police not the state but individuals on the street I feel it was far better 10 20 years ago I agree yeah and you know what you you didn't have to be and not everyone was so sensitive I think the people have gotten so hypersensitive on everything. I mean, you know, when, when I worked at the Cleveland Indians games back when I was in college and stuff, it was, it was a mix of 50% white people, 50%, you know, black people, a lot of them from the inner city and everyone got along fucking great. We all made fun of native Americans. (laughs) You busted each other's balls all the time. You you could make like not racist jokes, but you know, you acknowledge, Oh, you're black or you're white or, you know, whatever you, you know, like you make fun of the stereotypes a little bit, but it's good fun. Exactly. And and no one was offended. Right. And you would go out drinking after the games and have fun. And now I think like, there's no way you could do that. Now people would be, they'd be mad at you. They'd be cautious at you. They'd be looking at you a different way and just, there, there's more of a divide and it's, yeah, well, you said it's going backwards. You, you know what totally. a big, a big part of it is, I think one of the, the roots to this, this whole issue is, is social media. I mean, social oh, yeah. media, the algorithms are built on causing conflict. Like if, if you, you know, if the, if you're going out and commenting on posts and like on Twitter, if you're arguing with people, you're going to get more posts like that they're going to put more of that stuff in front of you get more and more conflict plus people are hiding behind uh the you know anonymous profiles and calling you names and it's it's just it's it's desensitized us to a certain degree with that said social media is great and i love it for a lot of different things i mean it's it's a great way to you know get your news a great way to uh you know grow a podcast like this one Um, or it's not it's not going anywhere not going or Odie, we or to grow a uh, a libertarian website, like say the Liberty Theorist. Have you heard of this website, Odie, the Liberty Theorist? <laughs> I have. It's where I get all my libertarian news. It's a great website. It's a guy, you know, it's a, a, a patron of ours, a supporter, and a great guy, Brad Tracy. He has this Liberty Theorist Medium dot com, and then they have a weird thing at. Liberty theorist. Right? Yeah, the at sign at Liberty theorist. It's so bizarre. It took me a while. And he's very he's he's very much I know uh, anti police state. You know, he's for criminal justice reform, things like that. Yeah, he's a Rothbardian libertarian, but and just great writing, interesting stuff. So check that that out. By the way, I don't know why that popped into my mind, but check that out when you have a chance. But getting back to it, so um, yeah. We're got we t- social media is I I said it a million times. I know it's got its benefits. Promoting Bravo and Beer, Lions of Liberty, Electric Liberty Land, Rico's personal blog, Rico's flog blog, where he just gets uh, whipped by gimps uh, in leather attire, which is very popular. I think that's new video every day. 
That's what makes the most money of any of our offerings. And we only get a tiny portion of that. By far, by far. By far. Um, but yeah, I mean, social media just makes it because the pylon's so easy. And also, without a doubt, like Caitlin Johnstone, who is a, a writer I enjoy. She's not libertarian per se, but she's very, she's kind of like Matt Taibbi or Taibbi, however you say his name. Taibbi? She's Taibbi. She's good on covering, especially when it comes to the state and calling out warfare and what's going on like, and the deep state bullshit. She's really excellent. And she's a very logical mind. And she basically tweeted that, uh, what's his face? Uh, not Kyle Rittenhouse, the guy that is he the one that defended himself. Yeah. Yep. She's like, he did nothing wrong. Block, banned from Twitter. Wow. Instant, instant Twitter ban. Just saying that wow. he, a guy who on video looks like he was defending himself saying that he did nothing wrong. A guy hits him with a skateboard. Another guy is armed running at him and he shoots the guy after waiting to see if the guy was going to come at him. Wings him in the arm saying he did nothing wrong. Banned from Twitter for God, who knows how many days. This is what you deal with on social media. Though. Like it's definitely stacked. The deck is stacked against logic and reason. It is definitely run by leftists. And like, I hate to say this because it's conspiracy shit, except that it's fucking true. Like it's, it's, indisputably true. And you see it play out and you go, what the fuck are we supposed to do here? Dead silence. Well, this is the perfect time to introduce the fact that we're talking sports. We're talking black athletes, black athletes, as I like to call them. Our favorite black athlete, a good friend of Rico and mine. The one of the only Tuffy Rhodes I was texting today with Carl Tuffy Rhodes, gentlemen. Well, wow. yeah, that's good news indeed. What well, what world insight did he have to share? Well, is he tough- is he Sir Yacht Source on the inside, <laughs> Tuffy Rhodes? <laughs> Maybe. Like that's why that's why I texted him because I was like, you know, <clears throat> look, motherfucker, Big Ten's coming back. Uh, I told him that I heard that, uh, you know. Big Ten's coming back, if I heard, I mean, on Twitter. And then it became a lot of trash talking, et cetera. And uh, I sent him a bottle of corn huskers lotion that I saw at Bed Bath & Beyond, which I presume is what Nebraska fans used to jerk off to their two and eight. Do you have his personal address? Like his, uh, his phone. You said you sent him lotion? Oh, I sent him, no, I sent him a photo of this corn huskers oh. lotion. Oh, it's like, I always send him random things I find on Twitter. (laughs) I actually would. It'd be pretty goddamn funny. Anyway, I I thought he was Ohio State. He's not Ohio State. He's Nebraska. No, he's an Ohio State guy. But I mean, we're speaking for Nebraska because they're fucking terrible. And then we went back and forth and back and forth. I didn't, I didn't make fun of his race this time. But in person, when we were hanging out, I definitely remember making fun of his race uh, and vice versa. Because when you get to a certain point in comfort with people, like you should be able to joke with them, and and this and I, actually, I think this is why we hit it off and became friends. Because he's a famous guy. He probably doesn't meet many people that just kind of like shoot the shit with him and don't give a fuck like me and Rico because we were hammered out of our asses. But now we're friends, so we're texting, we're having fun. But to that point, like we were talking about earlier, if you're if I met him today, would I would we have hit it off, or would I have been more cautious, more guarded, more whatever? And not have been as funny as outgoing as whatever to, to talk to this man. Are you normally cautious at uh, Spearmint Rhino after 20 straight hours of drinking at three in the morning or whatever it was? 
Not I usually. The fun, the funny thing is I said that statement and I just went to take a drink out of a Costco sized <laughs> bottle of rye whiskey, which if you, I see that we're not streaming live. It's looked so big. I look like a baby holding a giant box. It's so big. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I don't know if I'd be comfortable with that. Yes. I, I think you would be just fine. Um, Rico, well, how you doing? On, uh, I think I was, I've been waiting for a good time to wrap myself up. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's at this point, you might as well finish. The last well, I don't know. How much, we haven't minutes. even gotten to anything. Are we talking big 10 at all? Or is that for uh that's for degenerate gamblers, gamblers talk? Yeah. No, uh, no, we, this was the point of the episode. We're talking about what's going on here. Well, let's talk about a couple more things that are related. This is a riot centric episode. And then the last thing I want to talk about is Joe Biden, um, Joe Biden kind of backtracking on fracking and also Pelosi saying that Biden uh, should not debate Trump because it would you know, degrade whatever. So real quick, two things just to let go. Uh, Portland's mayor is an idiot. He wants to let the violence, quote unquote, burn out, which is it's been going for 80 days, man. What are you doing? And then NPR has a uh, book that they've been promoting, which is in defense of looting and that, uh, if you say riot, it's racist. And this has happened on many outlets. If now, if you say on a major media outlet, riot, they will stop and say, well, I don't know if you call it a riot. That's a very politicized term nowadays. And, blah, 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 blah. and this, of course, comes on the heels of CNN tweeting out that incredibly funny photo, which is yeah. riots mostly peaceful except for some oh some fires mostly peaceful and the guy's standing in front of a fucking blazing building. Thoughts yeah, on that? Someone <laughs> made a, a a joke and it's I guess poor taste, but it did make me kind of chuckle a little bit. You know, one of those nine eleven jokes that we all find hilarious. <laughs> They're like, it's not time to think. Pass. It's it's uh, almost the nineteenth uh, anniversary of New York City's mostly peaceful uh, Muslim <laughs> protest. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's been 19 a, years. That's a pretty fucking funny joke. That's yeah. pretty goddamn funny. All right. So, yeah. That's, that's so, hilarious. So they call them, so CNN will call you know, mostly peaceful protests. They'll call them violent protests, but you call it a riot. You've gone too far. And I know you guys are very familiar with uh, riots. And yeah. If, I, if, oh, if what we were involved in is a riot, then these fucking things can certainly be called a riot. Yeah, and for those who don't know, this is degenerate gamblers. You got to pay for the real stories behind this. But Rico and I were both arrested at a quote-unquote riot. As Brian proceeds to tell yeah, the entire I mean, story. As I'm checking my watch. I'm not going to go into the whole story. They have to pay for that privilege. But we were both arrested at a riot. We both were sub- uh, suspended. I was sub- suspended for a semester, and the cop fucking lied. But you have to listen for the details on that. Lied to fuck me. And Rico is suspended for a whole year. And also, well, again, the, the, the hilarious probation story and the free Rico party, these are all behind the paywall, guys. Sorry. It's behind the scenes. Yes. But yeah. That, if we got arrested for, quote, unquote, rioting and uh, in the, at, when Penn State students were uh, knocking over telephone poles and burning down buildings and uh, setting fire to entire car lots and looting entire stores for 80 days is not a riot. These are peaceful, mostly peaceful protests. Again, objective reality has been pushed. Like, this is insane. And I saw WGN, the station that used to air all the fucking Cubs games, annoyingly, when I was growing up. They are launching a new news service they say will be unbiased. <laughs> really? 
We'll see. You know why I believe it? Because they were fucking based in Chicago. They're in the middle of the shit. Like, they have an incentive. I mean, it's hard to believe they wouldn't go full Republican, but they're in the middle of the shit, so they have incentive to not fucking toe the Democrat line. All they, I mean, to be unbiased, truly unbiased, which is pretty much impossible, they would just have to report the news and be like, well, Donald Trump went to Kenosha today, or well, that's you say the way, it. yeah, Odie, and I don't there's a picture of him, and he said yeah. this, and that's it. Odie, I don't think you realize, at, at being in PR, I've seen what's happened, like the AP, the way they write stories. You don't realize like the language that's used, how persuasive it is, oh, yeah. and how Fuck it's yeah. changed. You've noticed, yeah. right? It changes. The it's AP, Associated Press, Reuters, they used to be literally that. Donald Trump gave a speech today. Here were his statements. Now it's Donald Trump gave a fiery speech today condemning illegal immigrants. Like what well, everything Trump, yeah, every, he every, was combative. Every story with uh Trump speeches or anything he says in any left-leaning publication always uses comma without evidence. Comma. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Because only Donald Trump apparently lies. No other politician lies, which is what you were going uh when you were talking about Pelosi. Yeah. The media has been laying the groundwork for no debates for years, or not years, so for like a month or two now. Oh, yeah. Because they're saying, well, how can you debate someone who just lies nonstop like Donald Trump? Speaking like, of Nancy Pelosi, how about that freaking piece of shit getting caught uh, in San Francisco, getting yeah. her hair done <laughs> inside without a mask on when nobody else can do it? Oh, no. The best part was, did you, she put out a statement, and she said... I didn't know that I wasn't allowed to do that. <laughs> oh, really, Nancy? You that's didn't, the classic. You didn't know. That's and the Jeffrey classic. Epstein, that was Epstein's defense too. Uh, I, you know what? I didn't know I couldn't uh, do that. Didn't that was know. also Obama's defense to everything, like Fast and Furious or Benghazi. Yeah. He's like, "Well, I'm uh, actually just finding out the details right now uh, as I'm watching on TV with you folks." So yeah, and, and meanwhile, know. Donald Trump. Donald Trump is being investigated. People working for him have been thrown in jail for having an email conversation with Putin. And Obama's like, well, I didn't know you couldn't do that. Well, the Philadelphia mayor also got caught uh, dining indoors somewhere, I believe, right? Maryland, I think. He went to Maryland to dine indoors after banning it in the city. Yeah, these people are all fucking hypocrites. It's exposing. I mean, well, this is. Social media and de, and de Blasio also got media. caught working out at a gym when the yep. gyms were closed. It's like, why do people listen to government? They're fucking hypocrites. They're liars. They're scumbags. So stop with the Donald Trump is the worst person in the world. They're all fucking the worst person in the world. Stop. Exactly. God. That should be the message. And this is why I get so mad at the Joe Jorgensen campaign, which again, I was on their calls and I think now they're pissed at me because I've been yelling at them so much. Uh, I convinced I, on the last ELL I was talking about, I talked granted we were both drunk and her husband's going to brainwash her again. But I talked to my friend, Sylvia, you know, Rico. She was agreeing with literally everything I was saying because I didn't take the tact of the Democrats are wrong. I took the tact of both parties are evil. Both parties are cronious. Nothing's going to change. And I talked like empirically. I was like, all this, we're seeing failures of policy. So why would you not, especially in California, and this is something I think we should all be talking about, especially in states where it's going to go de facto one way, 
People should vote third party just to get more options. What do you have to lose? You vote just just. I, I think I don't know. I think people are becoming more radical. I think. Um, I think people. I think you're wrong. I think. I think the radicals are becoming more radical. I think the majority of people, which is why I'm predicting a landslide for Trump. The majority of people are seeing this shit and they're going, "This is fucking nuts." But I don't want to get fired because people are because these assholes are so scared and cowardly that run businesses and whatever else. They're going to react to the mob. But everybody's thinking the same thing. This is nuts, and it has to stop. Yeah, my well, only mo- question with the election, I think it's going to be a landslide for Trump. The more the more the time goes by, is if on election night it'll be enough of a landslide for the Democrats to be able to not string it along with the mail-in balloting and try to question the results. And which they'll, they'll either, way, now. either way, they still will, they'll still say voter suppression. Remember that story I was talking about in a black district, two black guys, Republican and Democrat were running against each other. And one of the guys alleged voter suppression. Yeah. Because of, black people like, because of both black a, re- talking a, about? a Republican black guy isn't actually a black guy anymore. Yeah, if you if you ain't voting Democrat, you ain't black. Joe Biden, twenty four, <laughs> fucking yes. asshole. Okay, uh, I think that was it. What else did oh. I talk about? Joe that Biden's Joe Biden's oh. Pitts, Pittsburgh speech with uh, oh yeah, Joe four Biden's people in attendance, and will Joe Biden? Uh, debate because also the other thing i think you're going to talk about Odie, is the democrats now joe biden is like well if i debate trump i want a fact checker like how are you going? number one how are you going to are we going to stop the debate have a fact checker interrupt everything nonstop? and number two how are you going to find a unbiased fact checker they, the know, they know it's have impossible. the bbc do it the that BBC way joe biden ultra can't ultra left the bbc yeah but but left. they d- yeah, but they, they called out Joe Biden for the fine people hoax. The freaking oh, did BBC they? did, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that's, that's I crazy. think he he's going to debate one time, and it's going to be some kind of – I don't know how he's going to do it because he can't actually have a, a back-and-forth <laughs> debate. Do you guys remember E-Bombs World? Yes. That old website? They, E-Bombs World, for those of you that are old, had all these soundboards where you could play uh, – like they had like kindergarten cop. Uh, who is your daddy and what does you do? I'm Detective John Campbell. Get to the chopper. That's for Predator. But it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger's soundboard. I think they're going to E-bombs world it. They'll have Joe Biden quotes from back in like the 1980s. And they'll just play those. Like somebody will be behind like uh, like just, Brian from Adam Carolla's show, like fucking queuing up the sounds. Trump will say something. He'll be like, this is Joe Biden. Hey, come on, man. That's racist. Come on, man. <laughs> You're saying Joe, Joe Biden... Biden- Will Joe Biden be there and his mouth will be just hanging yeah. open? Yeah, he'll just, be like this. He'll just go. Well, so did you see that story where uh, Trump um, didn't, had to deny that he had been rushed to the hospital for like multiple mini strokes? No. I when did, was this? Yeah, yeah it, was on, it was on Twitter. He's like, I don't know. But it would be fun. It would have been funny. It's like, I could have had 10 strokes and I would still kick Joe Biden's ass in a debate. <laughs> Look, Trump has been very fucking funny. I can't remember if I said this on the show. I, I definitely said it on Mufasa call, but the line he had after the Democratic convention where all the media had their first briefing at the White House, the White House and he gets to the podium and the first thing he says, he goes, hey, everybody, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed your convention. 
<laughs> yeah, that's great. That is fucking funny. <laughs> and they had to be so mad. It is, it oh, yeah. Gets gets under their skin so perfectly. Oh, Do you well, think he wrote is, that himself? I do. Actually, I, think I think he, he probably just thought up at you know he's up there. Yeah. He's like he's, he's best assholes. off the cuff. I mean, look, Donald Trump when he like when he was debating Hillary, and she's like, you know, God forbid there was somebody like you in charge. He's like, yeah, you'd be in jail. <laughs> like that was off the cuff. It's fucking so funny. He's very quick witted, which is why he was such a good reality star. I mean, he like people. I get in this argument all the time, even with people that are not super left. Like my buddy Dan was over here talking to me and Mark, and I think we even talked about it on another show. Dan's over and he's like contesting. He's like, Trump's a fucking idiot. And I'm like, no, Trump is definitively not an idiot. Trump is actually super intelligent. You might not like it. I don't say I, I'm not saying I agree with what he's doing, but he is fucking smart and he is very quick witted. And he's definitely got plans going for that to, to say he's a madman or an idiot or doesn't know what the fuck he's doing is completely wrong. And it's, it's insane to say someone who, you know, everything's qualified for people who hate Trump. Like, Oh, he inherited money. That's why he's a billionaire. It's like, okay, well, he's an international fucking real estate mogul. Uh, He became a reality TV star. He became president of the fucking United States. None of those things just, (laughs) you don't just fall into things over and over. Like, the a most lot of people difficult have trust things to become. You <laughs> just keep selling into. It. Yeah, it's, it's my, so his father left him. It's like that fucking Futurama episode. If you guys watch that, which I'm sure neither of you do, there's a Futurama episode where this guy Zoidberg, uh, his uncle is this famous vaudevillian in the future crab monster comedian, and he writes this stupid shit script where the father's the president, and he wants his son to follow in his footsteps. As vice president, as if that's something that fucking just happens and you pass along. That's the narrative. They're like, well, he was given this million dollars and clearly he inherited the presidency. That's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. (laughs) No, it's just, and again, we're in the position of defending Trump, which is so fucking annoying as people that don't like the GOP or the Democrats. We are constantly put in a position of defending Trump because the idiocy that is thrown out nonstop uh, against him is so infuriating. Yeah, I mean, well, he's he's running against an empty ticket, uh, an actual empty ticket. The Democrats, I forget what the numbers are. They say like 50% of Democrats actually think Joe Biden is coherent. I don't believe that. I think it's probably far, far less than that. But I mean, you, you have Biden doing these. He, just, he was just in Pittsburgh, like I talked about, doing this rally or whatever they call it, where there's five people, you know, media people in the audience, they're sitting in little circles, they six sh- feet away from each other. They should have done it like Joe, a Joe major Biden. league baseball game where they put cutouts of fans. Oh, <laughs> totally. I was going to say, it's like Joe Biden, Joe Biden's just fighting a mascot from the local baseball team. Well, did you guys see on Twitter, I think uh, Josh Anderson posted this in the, uh, in the forum and it was a, just a clip from Biden's speech. And it said like the text of what he was supposed to say, talking about yeah. the number, the number of cases oh, yeah. people have died. <laughs> and he's like, well, with this, with this virus, a lot of people, more people have died this times. year than he's like, yeah, well, it was listen, like a hundred like million. He's like, wait, no, a hundred, a hundred times. Hold, let me go back. 
He like, can't even read a teleprompter anymore. How is he going to be in a debate? The people died that usually die this year. And then what, the best meme I saw of it was the, uh, the fucking translator for the deaf. <laughs> There's a great video which has this, you know, like the sad music. Uh, it's the one they play for like Ben Affleck. Oh, what is it? Whatever. Some sad music. And it's like the hardest job in the world. And you see the, the interpreter or the interpreter for the blo- for the deaf. Interpreter. Interpreter. <laughs> George W. Bush. Nuclear. So you see the interpreter. Uh, he's signaling, right? And Joe, he's trying to fucking communicate what Joe Biden's doing. But Joe Biden's like, so the hundred million. And, and, and But then and the guy stops and he's like, no, no. He crosses his face out like signaling. And he's like, and then a hundred million. He tries to do it again and he stops. And he just like looks at Joe Biden and just has this look of like utter loss on his face. Like, what the fuck do I do here? What are you fucking talking about? And then he's like, okay. Oh, it's so fucking funny. Oh, hello, darkness, my old friend. That's the song. Why, why did that make you think of Ben Affleck? Because there was a, a scene from the Justice League where Ben Affleck was doing interviews and he just got tired of doing it. I think because he knew the movie sucked. And oh. in the middle of it, they asked him some question about Batman. He's like, he's like, yeah, it was fun. And then he just looks off to the side. <laughs> and he goes, hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to meet with you again. Anyway, it's fucking the sound of silence. Yeah, he's so probably drunk as shit. Sound I, of I silence. What now a... I, now I get it. <laughs> yeah. For the sound video. of silence. What a way to end the show. Yeah, there you go. All right. That, well, that is a good way to end the show. I mean, I have... 17 more stories if you guys want to keep going you can no, let us go and then you can keep chugging along no no no. i that's a lie actually i don't that that's pretty much it. i told you there's a lot of i sent them 50 links but i was like these are all to the same story basically they're they're related topics so rico thank you for joining us rico <sighs> hilariously uh said he was going to jump on for 15 minutes and jump off and i told him he would get wrapped up in the show i, I wanted to time. i was been looking at my watch the entire time Angry. Well, yet and yet you didn't stop talking because I didn't want to be rude, and I was looking for a break. I figured there would be some kind of pause in the action. No, nope. you just never shut up. So not an Electric mind Liberty mind. Land. That's why people listen to this show and the Flyers won for the nonstop Liberty chat. Rico, say your goodbye. I'll see you assholes tomorrow. So on that's my Bravo advice. and Beer, guys, subscribe to Bravo and Beer available anywhere your podcasts are heard. Our hilarious. Get more of this. But talking about reality TV shows, bash and shit, it is honestly fucking hilarious. You will love it. Uh, By the way, one of our libertarian listeners now has started watching reality TV and his wife is watching reality TV because of Bravo and Beer. And also, fun fact, Rico, our new $25 Mufasa member supporter, Maurice. Shout out to Maurice! Maurice! I was like... Hey, man, I was like, how'd you find out about the show? And he's like, oh, well, Good Morning Liberty. So, you know, Nate and Chuck, good job out there. Uh, he's like, Good Morning Liberty. And then also Jason Stapleton said he was coming on Bravo and Beard. <laughs> and so I listened to your show, and then I went to listen to Bravo and Beard. And I was like, well, now I got to support this guy. Yes. <laughs> I swear to God that actually actually said that. That actually happened. I'm just actually happened. making you guys money. What's in it for me? It's coming, Rico. It's coming. All that Chinese poon, Rico. You're oh, welcome. Yeah. All yes. right. Anyway, John Odermatt, do you have anything to, to finalize the episode with any sign-off? Uh, nothing to finalize the episode. This coming Friday, uh, my guest, a little bit different, will be talking about 
employment law. So a little bit up uh, Rico's alley, talking about employment <laughs> law and what's happening in the workplace today with uh, all that stuff. So check it out. Awesome. And by the way, I next week will have Chrissy Mayer, comedian Chrissy Mayer on the show, who I was very annoyed to see just did Michael Malice's podcast because I haven't talked to Chrissy Mayer for months, but yet she will be on the show. I will talk about nothing that Malice talked about. Tell Michael Malice, by the way, that he's a dick and he needs to come on this show because he's big time in me. He says he doesn't have time. Fuck you, Malice. We're pod warring. Pod war. Malice, pod war. It's on. All right, that's going to wrap it up, guys. From me, Brian McWilliams, from John Odermatt, from Rico, our legal counsel, and from the Lions of Liberty and Electric Liberty Lift. Always stay plugged into Liberty. See ya. Holy shit. God.